0: Hi, it's Monday morning. I have a lot of, uh, hopefully a lot of podcasts to do this week. And so I'm not going to go in any particular order. But I want to talk about Shavuos. I have actually two to do on Shavuos. One I'm working through now with Abe Glock. That's one. And then this one, which I'll just uh, share something, uh, which is uh, being sponsored by Henry Rosenberg. Uh, Listen to this in yardside for his two brothers. I thought I'm the only one. He has two siblings. He's younger than I am. Two siblings that were killed in Auschwitz. Imagine that. Uh, As he puts it here, and they're killed on the second day of Shavuos. So this is the story of Hungarian Jewry. The Shavuos was terrible. That's when Hitler came in in March. (laughs) By Shavuos, the Nazis had the whole system set up the way they wanted it, and they started just shipping everybody out by train. And it went right away to Auschwitz. And Hungary is not far from there at all, unfortunately. And even though it was the uh, middle of 1944, uh, right around the time of D Day and so forth, didn't help the Jews. didn't help the Jews. And so he reports, he says his family is originally from Grossverdine, or today they call it Aradia. I used to call it Oradea, but I ran into a guy. At my shul picnic the other day, it was a YU rabbi there for a year, Schiff. And he says a <clears throat> Anyway, so this is Transylvania, in other words. Before the so during the war it was Hungary, get it? During the war it was Hungary. Before listen to this. So this is his parents and siblings before being deported to Auschwitz, and they knew what that meant, because some escapees from Auschwitz had passed through the town. My mother, he says, took two sons, four and two to a monastery located a few blocks away from her home. And they asked the Gallic there to hide them. And he said, I will, but only if you let me convert them. Isn't that something? And my mother refused. And they took them with her, together with the rest of their family, Auschwitz. And of course, they were killed right away and arrival. That's like a movie. That's terrible. Uh, I had a brother who was born right around that time, but my mother was able to hide. Uh... Anyway, so it's, it's, uh, these are Kedoshim, as they say, it. little kids, right? Little kids, four years old, two years old. Can you imagine that? The Germans took a two-year-old and killed him. It went on all, you know, as we all know, during the war. I'm just saying, it brings it to life. And, you know, then you say Nassim and Ishma. When I just read, you was the story of Nassim and Ishma. But I want to talk about it today. So anyway, the there's Shem thanks for the, uh, the sponsorship. And... Since my since it's the second day of Shavuos, my thoughts were directed to the second day of Shavuos, which I want to uh, say a few words about, especially in the context that here, in uh, Chutzlars we have two days of Shavuos, in Israel you have one. As you know, this year is a three-day Yantav, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. As we all know, in Israel it will be two-day Yantav. And the way it works out in Chutzlars, of course, is the first day is Kavol Zatar, the second day is Miguel's Rus. right? Miguel Zrus. So, um, in Israel, it's a different system. Now, it's always fun. People say, why you uh, have Rus? Uh, look at Zevin. He has a thing on Rus, and different opinions of why Rus. But this, to me, it's pashat, but a little uncomfortable to Hainu. Uh, Shavuos, as we all know, as I've mentioned in other years, I'm sure, it uh, must be. Shavuos is a weird holiday, because as everybody knows, the Torah doesn't say anything about his mama and Torah so, you know, We do in our liturgy. The was is just about the stay Lechem and that sort of thing. Be and so forth. So why is it not saying anything about the uh, Mount Torah? So since I'm a kid, I've heard, oh, every day is Mount Torah, blah, 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 all that stuff. You know, I get that. But really, 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 uh, look, I'm a philosophical pessimist. That's who I am. You probably don't even know what I mean by that, but that's okay. And um, as a certain philosophy. You know, everybody's got a different tabloid. So I look at things with my jaundice view. And Shuas, of course, did not turn out well at all. The Jewish people made a golden calf right afterwards. The whole thing went down to tubes. Moshe smashed the tablets. And they had to go through the whole process until you got the Matan Torah that was in Yom Kippur. So if you were in the desert the year after all this happened, which is when Vayikra takes place, you weren't necessarily going to say he's Matan, Matan Torah, because that would be very embarrassing. Okay? But LMI, you talk about what will happen when you try to be optimistic, talk about, say, get Teretz Yisrael, and so forth. Which raises the whole question of what happened the first time around. What happened the first time around? And you can look at this, and it's very popular to look at this in a mystical way, like a moral-type way, and many forms do that. And then, you know, you say, Hashem knew what's going to happen, all the rest of it. But Peshav shot. it's a strange story, because on one hand you have the concept of Naseb and ishma. On the other hand, you have Harki HaKagigis. Essential to the Torah story is Kofalam HaKagigis. Which the Gemara itself says, as everybody knows, as a Modor Abul Arisa. It's a big flaw in the Mountain Torah. Modor is a flaw in the Mountain Torah. Why would God do something that makes the whole flaw, the whole Mountain Torah, flawed from the beginning? If it's a Modor Abul Arisa, you can almost hear why they're going to do a golden calf. Now, it's not really, doesn't justify a golden calf. Nothing does. But you understand that it reflects a less than ideal Kabbalah Torah, And people have been wondering all the time. It's a basic problem in the story. How do you reconcile Nas Inish, which sounds voluntary, with kafel HaKagigus, which is the opposite of voluntary. It's coercive. It's true that this is the beginning of a long strain of coercion in Judaism. There's somebody in town that put together for me a bunch of sponsors the three weeks, every year I do something three weeks uh, Shmuel Tarshish so I'm hoping to do a series of five or maybe six talks on the history of coercion no, there's basing coercion within Judaism uh, which is a basic feature of Jewish, Jewish, jurisprudence as it is in American jurisprudence or any other law by definition means coercion think what I just said Law by definition means coercion. However, here the Kabbalah itself was by coercion. Let me explain. In America, there was a constitution, and everybody was makkabled at on their own. They debated, they argued, but by the time it's all over, they ratified it. Once you ratify a constitution, mela comes to coercion as part of the voluntary system of regulating society. What we call a social contract can't have have Everybody bangs into each other. So you have to have laws that you can't hurt me, I can't hurt you, and so forth. But here, the Constitution itself was all der- uh, uh, coercion. Here, a call from means to get the Torah itself was forced. So that's a problem. And I say, it's not me saying it's a problem. It's a or iso until Until Purim is, everybody knows. It's funny, by the way. Now, if you think about it. And this, you can use to discuss on Shuwasa's right, how come the second tablet is not considered Hutter Kiblu Moshe? Notice it doesn't say that when the Jewish people got the second tablet after diving their heads off and repenting and this and that and the other, all that Sarah's in trouble, and they finally were succeeded after all those efforts to get to Lukashenias, it doesn't say that that constituted Hader Kiblu B. Moshe. There still was no the There still was no but Rabba LaRaisa, you understand? No, the threat was still there. It's a strange story. So the first time they got a us, which we we're going to be celebrating this week, but then second time was the Yom Kippur. The first time a mountain was held over the head. Then they prayed to get it back, and when God finally gave it back, He didn't do it with a mountain holding over the head. So why don't you say that that should constitute? A free will acceptance. Now I know a toast that says that since he could have done it, so it shows you that, that the threat was always there. I remember the process of him the whole thing on that, the Marik versus the Mishnah and all that, you know. If I threatened you before and now I don't pull the gun out, but you know I could, does that count? As a threat and so forth. But without getting tied down and all that, how do you reconcile the Kabbalah Saturab of Nasanishma with the with the with the uh Uh, with the holding of the mountain over the head, especially when they end up making a golden calf. Now, there are many ways of explaining that. I'll tell you what the Chazal say, the easiest way in the first place, that Nasa Benishma is a lie. I've said this before. It's a Chazal. In fact, it's a Tosefta, and some other place, but Tosefta is the oldest place. It's in Babakama. It's fairly well known. And it says in Babakama, this can't be the first time I'm mentioning it, it says, This is a Perk Zion in, in uh, So and Baba a uh, excuse me. Um matzino, Kishahay Yisroel, What he called? Omdinah Har Sinai, Bikshu l'ignov das elyona. That when the Jews are the Har they lie to God. Bichu, they wanted to anyway. You can't uh l'ignov das elyona. They wanted to pull a Genevas Das on Hashem. She'en emar kol asher Hashem And they didn't mean it. Kav and God played dumb. He played naive, as if he as if he wasn't aware that they were lying. In other words, let's put it this way. If you follow this medvish, it's a Tosefta. As I said many times, the story of Shemos Vahra Bahmit is the story of of um, a certain theological evolution in which the Jewish people become little by little more and more aware of who God is you can't expect everybody to be a Maimonidean philosopher for the day they left Mitzrayim even when they got to Har even afterwards little by little they chab it's true about Moshe also I've said this too many times I don't want to repeat myself it's true about Moshe Beno also little by little he learns more about Hashem especially in the context that he goes over in the aftermath okay so obviously, if you're lying to Hashem, it means at the time of, of Shavuos, they didn't really understand who they're dealing with. If this Bikshu Lignov Das El is kind of laughable, who listening to this podcast would try to lie to God? If you have a half a brain, you realize it wouldn't work. See, I'm not talking morally that it's a terrible thing to do. Let's say you're not such a moral person, okay? But you know it's not going to work. So why would, and you only get God angry. So why would you do something that wouldn't work and only make the other person angry? So obviously, the seven weeks after they left Egypt, they were still holding by certain primitive notions. And when they said, they understood God to be somebody very powerful sitting up in a chair upstairs and something like that. And it's possible to deceive him. And Hashem played along with it as this is Kav Yochol, Nignav Nu Lohem, he was Ganavis Das them, meaning he acted as if they were gone of his das. Okay? Because, as we all know, in the other in the two the two versions of the Ten Commandments, so the one in Dvarim, Hashem said to Moshe, Oh, I wish they would be like this all the time. Now Hashem knew that they were full blowing, eh? but he's talking to Moshe as if they really meant what they said. When he said, "Now some national," so I'm eating the. Why are you so called? Yomim lirosi. I imtomer shena called God the fun of? Are you honestly? No. Let's put it this way. So somebody, the time of the Tossefta or before. Here we do it tava too often, or before, said maybe Hashem is talking that way. Maybe he doesn't know. No, don't say that. Halakvar nemar vayifatu b'fim b'bashon yichasvul v'libul nochimov lo n'amde b'briso. The says in Tehillim, that Davin says until him that by in 78, that they remember Fateh God, they lied to him. And nevertheless, the next Possig says, which means God being merciful didn't take it out on him. In other words, he didn't fool me, no, he was just a rachum. You understand? It's just a rachum. So that's their way of reconciling the business, what they said, Nasim and Ishmael, with the fact that then he had to hold him out and over the head. So that's Mashma, at least to me, that the very reason he held him out and over the head was to indicate, don't think I don't know what happened. <laughs> you understand? You said, Nasim and Ishmael, I'm not stupid. I know what happened. Without him coming out and saying it. But, you know, so it's not, no, let's put it this way. It's not a steerer to Nasim and Ishmael. It's a reflection of the sincerity or lack thereof that was contained when they said "nasim Nishma. So basically, he said like this, you just signed a contract. I know you're planning to break it, like certain Jewish businessmen I know. And the guy pulls out a gun and said like this, you break this contract, I'll blow your head off. Of course, if you keep the contract, everything's fine. (laughs) You see? Now, the guy would say like this, why would you pull a gun at me? I just signed my name, I signed a contract. Okay, no problem. Just want you to know, you mess with me, you me- you mess with the wrong one. We get, I'm holding a mountain over head. You mess with me. So then, in that case, the Koflom Harka is a result of what I just described, of the Shoot Ligno Das Yona. which is quite a remarkable story. It puts a little bit of a certain spin on Shavuos, but I ain't the one that said it. I just read it from the Chazal, from the Toh Okay? Uh as I said before, I do better with pessimism. And the Chazal were wondering, how can you make a golden cave afterwards? According to this, the potential for a golden cave was there from the very first second. It wasn't even contradicted by Nasim and Manishma. Would this be a contradiction to those midrashim that say, oh, they got a crown on their head and all the rest of it, they, hi, Madriga. Love Davka. You could say that when they said Nasim and Manishma, they got all these gifts, <laughs> spirit. <laughs> excuse me, spiritual gifts, by way of saying, if you keep your word, you get a lot of goodies. However, if you don't keep your word, uh, I've dropped a mountain on you. So, it's a very complicated and complex story. It's an adult story, not a children's story. This business of Shavuos. And it was too complex simply to say in the Torah, today's is saying, oh, tra-la-la-la-la-la. It was much more complicated than that. You understand? Much more complicated than that. And so we have a situation in which... They're saying Nasmanishma, then God says I'm, in order to back this up, I draw I'm gonna put a couple of haka Gigas. And in spite of what I just said, it's it's a it's a modal rabbal raisa. And it, Modal Rabba Larisa is a very significant phrase because what it's saying is like this the holding the mountain over the head was resented. You see, let me put it to you this way. Suppose somebody was very firm. I'll just make this up. Suppose the villain go and Hashem held the mountain over the head and said, if you don't keep this, I'll drop it on you. If you're a tzaddik, like the Vuniyah, like this. You're right. No problem. Happy to do it. Mitzvah You're absolutely right. I totally get why I should drop them out on my head. To refuse to keep the Torah. So bad. It deserves the worst thing in the world. You know, L'cha Hashem, it's a raka upon him. There's somebody very big tzaddik, that kind of way. Chavez Chaim, you know, that sort of thing. They'll say, you're, you know, I don't blame you a bit for threatening to hold him out over their head, I'm sure the, the punishment of Gehenim is even worse. You see? But that is not how the Jewish people as a whole reacted. Otherwise, they wouldn't say Mordob, Abel, If the Gemara in the Shabbos there was reflecting the Vilna Gon type of guy, the Chavetz Chaim type of guy, they would say, Hashem held him out in over their head. And what a sublime moment that was. Because he was revealing to them the inability to survive and function Bleak Torah. Ooh, very firm of art. So say, oh, nice. That's the type of thing you can say at the Perchei Convention. You understand? But that's not what happened. <laughs> okay? It says, no, it was Moda. The people resented it. So it knows they weren't all Chabad's Chaims. A lot of them, regular people. So that makes, causes you to think, or at least caused me to think, what kind of people were they? It's very interesting. Because coercion... Is something that it, they just departed from. When the Jews got out of Egypt, they've been slaves, suffering a lot. Atal Shabbat as we all know. Atal Shabbat, they were they were really suffering under the subjugation and the coercion. Kol And then, miraculously, they were freed. And then they're told, "No, you're not free. You're under a new Adon. A person that's experienced terrible coercion, and then experienced the rush of liberation—what did they feel like? Butasis me to me mitsrim, basi I'm lois. Wow, what a, what a high that was! Just on the pashat level, I'm no longer have to work for a master. It's unbelievable. And then he comes seven weeks later and says, "Guess you got a new master, and you got a new set of uh, of things." I that's the wrong way of putting it. You got a new master who said, like the Egyptians, "You don't listen, we drop a mountain on you." That's the language of domineering coercion. That's the language of force. We just went through force. We had plenty of force with the Egyptians. We thought we got out of here to have Kheris. so we end up now with a very complex political question of what is Kheris. Now, I've heard a thousand droshes, and it's true, by the way, and so have you, that Kheris involves a certain object I get that. But Kheris involves a certain object as I said before, only if it's voluntarily entered into. It. <coughs> you get it? If the if if we, if we the slaves, let's say there wasn't Harsini. So the slaves left Egypt, ended up, I'll just make this up, going to Palestine, to Canaan. And let's say they kicked the people out and set up their own kingdom. Now we're free and we're not uh, under anybody else's rishos. Okay, so now we'll set up our own government, like happened in America, for example. You know, with the Articles of Confederation, or the Constitution, whatever you have. And now we're going to rule ourselves. So that's a freely entered into coercion. You don't have to them hargagiyas. We understand what kairos is. Kairos is a mature adult people that freedom re- implies rules and regulations in order. Order. You can't have khairis in the absence of order. Right? Instead, you have Hef khairis. And you end up like one of these African Asian countries in the last 60, 70 years that after they lost their colonial domination from the, for the European colonialists, they fell apart in their failed states today. The whole thing is falling apart as a terrible Hef khairis. So that means that they didn't hop the idea of what khairis means, which means that we live under rules and regulations, but we make them. You understand? We make them. That's not what happened with the Jews. It's not that Hashem took them out of Egypt, led them to Canaan, kicked the guy out, and said to the Jews, okay, now you guys are in business for yourself." you know? And I'll just give you these Ten Commandments, that's all. Don't kill, don't steal, and all that, which you would do anyway. And a few others, only a few, Shabbos, Kabbalah which you would do anyway. So you know, <speaking in Hebrew> and does, he does, but the rest of it is up to you. But that's not what happened. You have taryag mitzvahs, and that's and there's honestly speaking, it's taryag times taryag. Once you get in all the derises that we learn, you know, in the Gemara. I'm talking about derises now, you know, from the Yud and so on and so forth. It's taryag times taryag. <laughs> okay, so that's a lot of rules and regulations. That's that's a lot of conditions. The Jews are like, we didn't know this. Oh, I'll call them Harkic Wait a minute. We thought we were free. Well, you're now under a heavy uh, uh, rule of regulations. We thought we were free. Well, the real freedom is to serve Hashem. That's a speech. <laughs> you see? The average guy is saying, now i got to do tariag, times Tariyag. What if I don't like somebody's rules? Oh I don't like them? Oh, how can you be so evil as to say you don't like it? I don't. I don't. That's where you need Kaflam Harkigigis. So the point is that the whole Shavuos thing turned into, for for people who were slaves and were looking for Avdebev Keranichale to get out and and no longer anybody should tell them what to do, except themselves, right? Because that's usually what we understand freedom to be. It's not a regular cheres. Regular cheres is we get out, we're liberated, now we make up our rules to govern ourselves. So we decide which rule to keep and which rule not to keep. And we can change the rules also, like you have in any country. Here we have a case that you can't change the rules. They're there forever. They're hardwired. You gotta do everything. So it wasn't push it at all. Yeah? And they, of course, are in the frame of mind of saying like this You know, we thought we're gonna get out of here, and three days later we'll be in in, in Israel. Hashem says, I'm not going to take you that way. Because then you get scared to run back. I know the Bukhomans just like you do. But that's not what they thought. They thought, let's go straight away to, you know, Israel, Cannot. Instead, they go in a, in, a, in a roundabout way, and they end up gaining the Torah, not in Israel or anything like that, but in Harsini as we know. It seemed to be, to be a weird situation. So I'm just trying to point out to you the complexities involved in the basic features of the Shavuot story. And there wasn't a real benishma the way we would like it. Now, the interesting, ironic business is that our practice is, especially in arts, that what I just described is, is the center of the first day of, of, of Shavuos. And then when you have Yantav Shani Shogoli, you concentrate on Megillus Rus. Megillus Rus, of course, is somebody who really said benishma without a mountain being held over her head. That's what a Gerd Tzedek is. As I said many, many times, you look at the Rabbim, you see there's three levels of gear There's a ger tzedek, there's a ger, and there's just like a uh. The ger is somebody does it without any uh, ulterior motives whatsoever. A ger does it with ulterior motives, but means it. And an uh says they mean it, but they don't really mean it. But a ger is a very hamadrega, Very hamadrega. The fact that Ruth was a Moabite is nothing compared to the fact that she was a ger tzedek, Which is why she became Emo shalmachus, as we all know. So, what's Pshat Gyaradzidik? They say Nasim and Ishma without a mountain being held over the head. So we have two uh, models. It's, it's, it's strange to me, fascinating. We who live in 2022, in the Western world for the most part, we have two models. The first day Yeshuos, and the second. The first day of Shavuos is is a model of Kofalim Harkegigis. The second day of Shavuos is a, is a model of Nasim and Ishma without Koflam Harkegigis. You know what I'm saying? will Now, the only philosophical counter to that is, well, if it's all done just because you felt like a kabola Kach you know, you can change your mind later and go back off the derech. Well, so what? Guess what? Even if you have a Kovach you can go off the derech. The Jewish people did. You see? And so, perhaps what I'm saying is a reflection of the fact that I, like you, live in a modern world in which coercion is a turnoff. Maybe it should not be. As they say, I'm gonna do a series on that. And maybe you should say, since the Torah is full of coercion, so that's the Lachhatpila and not the Bediyavid. I'll repeat it's the and not Bediyavid. But anybody who lives in the modern world, I think, I won't say anybody, but a lot of people live in the modern world, it's just part of your Teva to say the voluntary is good and coercive is not good. Voluntary is good and no good. It's wonderful and noble if a person or himself Says, I want to be a Baal Tshuba and start keeping Shabbos and all the rest of it. Like Rabbi Stolper the other day with the NCSY. The only NCSY, based on this American thing, to try to get people to persuade them. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't work. But when it works, it's really something. We have something very beautiful. The person is saying Naseb and Ishma, and there's no mountain being held over the head. Matter of fact, I'm sure you know a lot of NCSY stories, and the Lababs can tell you this. You know, all, all the people in Kirif could tell you that a lot of people say Nasev and Ishmael, and their family blocks them and makes trouble, right? So A lot of the boys and girls, you know, I've known people, so of you. They, they heard, you know, they they went to something, whatever reason, they said, we want to start keeping mitzvahs, and, you know, the parents and the others, drove them crazy. I remember when I was in TA, there was a guy, his parents, oh boy, they, they, they smeared ham on his plate. <laughs> you get it? You know, he he flipped and went the other direction and became Lebavos. That's from my era. You know see But I'm just saying that you have people that there's the reverse of of Kaflem You see, there's the, 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 if anything it's kuflem not to say Ishmael and In spite of their parental pressure and all the rest of it, they say Nasi But I can guarantee you, Ruth is a very short book we know she was a Moabite princess and we know she left to go with Nami and everybody knows the story you understand? Fine I can guarantee you she got a lot of blowback from her relatives, her family she was a princess, I'm sure plenty of people wrote her letters, how can you of all people you know, make a chil commotion <laughs> a chil of Moab you princess, of Moab, you went off for this Jewish junk, you know what I mean she got her pressure to go the other way LMI, but that's, she didn't care so, not only is the Sedic like in Ruth's case, not, that there's not a Koflom HaKagigis, but if anything, it's a Koflom HaKagigis in the negative way, and they resist it. You understand? That their background and their family and their context try to make it that they should not become Jewish. They should not accept mitzvahs. And they had to resist that pressure to do it. So, it's moms to reverse she was. You see? And so, oh, I went long enough. So let me just say that when you look at the holiday shoes that we do this year, especially the second day, that's what I mean. When you're klutz, the second day very interesting. You look at the uh, uh, the, the Megillah I think it it yeah. Uh, you, you ask yourself the question, which uh, speaks more to the present condition, which speaks more to modern man, the uh, Geertzetic thing. Or the uh, Kaflam Harka Gigas thing. Now, when I say Gerasetik, I'm not talking about converting necessarily, but a person who says, I want to accept the Torah, I want to be enthusiastic about it, all the rest of it. Um, sounds, up shot that you say like this, Rus is the model for me. Now, I could be wrong, and if somebody's a very, very from person, I'm serious, I'm not being funny, very from, you say, I guess, no, Kaflam Harka I want to be a Mitzvah I hear that, but most people would be more for the volunteer thing. That's what I think. Even the person I just said is saying this. I want Kauffman Hargigigis. When you say you want Kauffman Hargigigis, it's not a case of Kauffman Hargigigis anymore. Because the whole point of Kauffman Hargigigis was to introduce coercion. Coercion means when you oppose it. If you're in favor of it and I make you do something, it's not called making you do something. You want to do it anyway. Making you do something means when you don't want to do it. So... It seems that the two models are always standing in front of us. The question is, which one is the more effective in this day and age? The first day of is model or the second day of is model? The first day of is model, which is called Maha or the second day of is model, which is the model of Rus and and the Gary S.A. Anyway, once again, I want to thank Rosenbergs. Really is a, so I thought I was the only one that had siblings. Um... Who perished in the Holocaust but Henry does and uh then the Shem Shavali, I, I don't think I'd need to say Shem anybody who, four years old two years old killed by it that's a kiddish Hashem there's not you know <laughs> they don't need somebody to say Shem Shavali, but you know what I mean when I say that for sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.